Hello and welcome to the Bleeding Cincy Red Podcast Best Case Worst Case Scenario Edition where we focus on one player each episode during spring training to discuss what they've done for the Reds in the past and what they will mean to this 2018 World Championship team. Who do we have lined up today, Robert? In this episode, we'll be talking about pitcher Luis Castillo. Go Reds! opportunistic trade uh the dan straley trade from uh last year and uh i don't know about you brian but i remember at the time i kind of questioned uh that trade a little bit yeah i i was surprised the trade was made i wasn't against it i I, i'll be honest i i was actually the more i thought about it um the more i was for it i mean he had been kind of this young journeyman guy i mean he was still young dan straley was But if you abide by the rule of stock principles, which is buy low, sell high, he was a a case in point opportunity for that. The Marlins were looking to compete right then. They needed somebody and they were willing to deal a top prospect. Now, with the size of Luis Castillo, I, I don't know that I was overly excited by the return on the trade. At the same time, I did keep thinking, well, this is Dan Straley, so, uh, I, I'm not sure that we should expect a whole lot. But once the early uh, season started with Castillo down in the minors, it was becoming abundantly clear that we we have a potential star coming along. And, and to the credit of the Marlins, I did look it up. And Dan Straley had a fine year. And he's still under team control. And they could still trade him to a contender and get something back. So I don't want to say that we pulled a heist on the Marlins like we did for, with Di Scafani for Matt Latos. You know what I mean? Like that, yeah. that one, I felt like we got, even though Di has been hurt, mainly just avoiding paying Latos $150 million, right then and there. It, it was worth everything. Um, but on top of that, you know, getting Di Scafani when he's healthy has been great. So I can't call this one a steal because I think Dan Straley's been valuable down there. But, uh, I mean, it, it's going to be hard for them to look back in five years uh, when uh, – SB Nations, the Reds reporter, called Luis Castillo, quote, an ace in the making. And I think that that is pretty accurate. What would you say? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, like when this trade was first made, I was, it was kind of a head scratcher to me at first because I'm thinking, you know, Straley is such a controllable person. He had a, a pretty good, solid season with the Reds and, uh, um, you know, I think part of it was that I just didn't realize um, how good Castillo was uh, when the trade was first made. And um, Australia has continued to, to do well, like you said. Um, but uh, I think what we've, we've learned, the more that we've 
uh, been able to witness Castillo um, in the red system and then, uh, you know, actually pitching at, at the major league level is that this guy does have the makings of uh, a potential ace of the staff and um, and really looks like one of those, those trades where uh, Miami wanted a pitcher bad enough that they were willing to trade uh, away a... Um, Really big, a really big uh, trade chip, and, and Castillo is, is panning out uh, great so far. So, uh, you know, he's he's uh, got that uh, really good uh, fastball, which, you know, it seems like most pitchers now have a really good, you know, high 90s fastball. But I guess, uh, you know, what I keep reading that uh, sets Castillo apart is that he's got an amazing changeup uh, that counteracts that fastball. And that's where. Uh, he's going to be making his uh, money is is working those pitches off of each other and um, you know it's really exciting to see uh, what he's done in his uh, brief amount of time in the majors in half a season for the Reds he was I won't say dominant but pretty amazing for a rookie pitcher coming up he and I'll put this in perspective in a second but I'll run through some of the stat lines so uh, everybody knows, uh, so we're all on the same page here. But in 15 starts, which is about half a season, most pitchers, if, if they do a full season, they hit about 32 starts. So about 15 starts, he had 98 strikeouts. His whip was 1.07, in whip being walks and hits over innings pitch. So he wasn't walking many people. He wasn't giving up a lot of hits. And his ERA was 3.12. To put all that in perspective, Luis Castillo in half a season, was worth 2.4 war, which is wins above replacement player. So in a full season, Joey Votto was worth 7.5 wins above replacement uh, wins above replacement player. And he finished second in the MVP voting. So even if Castillo doesn't improve and pitches identical to last year over the full course of the season— He'll be right around a five war, which would put him in the upper echelon of pitchers in all baseball and in value of players. This isn't much of an aberration. Uh, I, I kind of did a little bit more digging and found out that in the minor leagues, because I, I was curious, I was like, was he this good in the minors? Was he not? And in 460 minor league innings, he had 425 strikeouts, which is which is pretty good. Um, and his whip over the course of that was 1.12, though it is worth noting that uh, in 2016 and 2017, his whips were actually lower than that. So it's inflated slightly from his early years where he was still, uh, you know, his command was evolving and he was getting better. But ultimately, he, he, he has shown this in the minor league levels. He has shown that he can do this over the course of a half season. And I am super excited to see him uh, see what he can do over the course of a full season for this uh, Cincinnati Reds ball club. Yeah, and, uh, you know, one of the great things about Castillo is, you know, this is kind of crazy to realize this, but he actually has the most quality starts of a returning Reds pitcher from last season. This is despite only starting 15 games. So he had eight quality starts in those 15 starts. And, um, you know, quality starts anytime that you start uh, six innings, at least six innings, and give up uh, three earned runs or fewer. 
And, um, and he did that eight out of 15 times. And that's even with price limiting innings that Castillo pitched. So there are a lot of times where he might pitch five innings and give up two or fewer runs, but uh, it doesn't count as a quality start. So despite that, he still led the team out of all the returning Reds starters. He, he's the top one that's returning with, with the most quality starts. So uh, it's really um, an incredible place to be starting off uh, to have that kind of, uh, um, you know, I, I know we want to refrain from saying dominance when uh, you, you have a 312 ERA but that is very, very good. I mean, it's much better than Straley, who he was traded for. Uh, Straley uh, in 2016, you know, just as comparison, had a 3.76 ERA, which was a great season uh, as a starter for the Reds, and um, and then followed it up in 2017 with another really good season with a 4.26 ERA, and Castillo to be down 3.12, um, hurling all these quality starts. Um, throwing all these strikeouts. He is, um, Castillo is really showing that he has everything, uh, all the potential that you need for an ace of a staff. So, so it's great to see that. Yeah. And at 24 years old, I mean, I think he has locked himself in to a, uh, spot in the rotation going into next year. It's funny because last year, I remember we did a podcast debating who the starting rotation was, and a lot of it was up in the air. And this year, I don't think, if for as many young pitchers as we have, I don't think the starting rotation is up in the air. I really think there's only one spot, maybe two, that that could be uh, one outright in spring training. But I believe at least three, maybe four, are locked up, and one of those is to Luis Castillo. Um He's young. He has great stuff. I'm trying to remember what the knock on him was when we got him. What, why I thought, eh, I wasn't sure if this was the right package for Dan Straley. Was it because he was small? Do you remember? That I can't remember. Yeah, yeah I can't even uh, remember exactly what the, the knock was on him out, outside of, I just didn't know much about him um, as, a, as a pitcher. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think... I think for me, from my perspective, I was a little hesitant just because Straley was already controllable. He was already proven at the major league level. And, uh, you know, as we saw last year, it's not every day that you get a pitcher on Straley's level where you can count on 30-plus starts and um, still having an ERA down in the low fours to high threes. Um so it's hard to like kind of let go of that type of piece. But I think Castillo was still just far enough away from the majors that Miami decided that they wanted something that was going to pay off immediately. And um, and thankfully for us, we, we had the patience uh, to say, well, you know, we're, we're not competing uh, for a World Series in 2017, so let's take this chance and and you know credit to the management of the Reds to uh, to jump on that opportunity and, and take that chance and roll the dice because uh, it is really paying off so far. Agreed. I, if you play fantasy baseball, uh, rarely do I say you should reach for a player and get them a spot or two above where they're kind of slotted 
in the draft, especially when you're a fan of the team. I know when I was young and I used to, you know, it's like my first four picks, three of them would be reds. You know, I just couldn't help doing it. Uh, I'm a little wiser these days. But if there's one player you're going to reach for in your fantasy draft, uh, as a Reds fan, who you'd like to have on your team, I think Luis Castillo is the guy. I think he's going to outperform expectations, and that's a good thing. Um, so I'm very excited about that. I, I'm very excited about how how poised he looks out there when he's on the mound. He doesn't look like someone who's rattled. Um, I see similar things in Tyler Malley. Is that how you say his name, Tyler? Yeah, Malley? yeah. And, and we'll, yeah. I know we'll get to him in, a, in another episode, but. I uh, I see those two guys just really look like long-term professionals out there. Uh, they don't get rattled. It's funny because in Luis Castillo's very first start, I was listening to it on the radio. And I remember he was brought up, and at that time I was really frustrated with the starting pitching, like many of us were, because they were walking so many people, and the bullpen was walking so many people. And Stevenson and Reed just could not find the plate. And uh, – it, it was getting me down, and when they called him up, I remember the rub on him. The good news on him was that he was walking hardly anybody in the minor leagues. And in that very mm-hmm. first start, he came up, and I believe I, I have to look this up, but I think he walked five people. And I mean, I just <laughs> I thought I thought, oh my god, this is this is what, what happens to our guys when they get called up. Clearly, though, it was just nerves in a, in his first major league start, and after that. Uh, he, he walked hardly anybody. And I think that is uh, just like in the minors where he wasn't walking a lot of people proving that he is uh, the future of this staff. And I'm, I'm excited to see it. So I'm going to, I'm going to dive into my best case, worst case scenario here and, uh, and see what you think. My best case scenario for Luis Castillo is that he takes over as the ace of this staff by June and he pitches game one of the postseason for the Cincinnati Reds. As far as worst case scenario goes, I believe the worst case scenario for him is that uh, MLB hitters figure him out a little bit and he doesn't make the right adjustments. And that causes him to have a rocky sophomore season. Uh, maybe it gets in his head a little bit because he's so young at age 24. I don't think that that's likely, but to me, that's about the worst case scenario for him. What's your take? Oh my gosh, I, I feel like you're you're looking through the screen at my notes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got written down for best case ace of staff. Um, I, I didn't put down by June. I, I really feel like you know he could just come in and and do it. Like I, I mentioned, he's got the most quality starts of a returning pitcher for the Reds. So I, I feel like uh, um, he is showing that he can he can just jump in there and start doing it. Uh, one of the fun things about the Red staff this year is I think they are going to be surprising with the quality. I, I think it's really going to su- shock a lot of people who are not following the Reds closely uh, just how good the pitching can be this year compared to the past few years. And uh, Castillo is going to have his work cut out for him because of people like Tyler uh, Malley, uh, the possibility of Disclafani coming back, Um that there, there are gonna, there's gonna be actual competition, but I think he's, he's got the ability to do it. And then, um, worst case, uh, same as you said, uh, possibility of a sophomore slump as batters uh, figure him out. Um, the thing that uh, makes me think this probably is less likely to happen though is that uh, he was able to 
maintain uh, a very consistent output is such a big thing for me when I'm looking at baseball players is consistency. And he just showed consistency throughout his uh, rookie season of being able to keep coming back and challenging batters. And I I think that he's uh, one of those pitchers who doesn't walk a lot of people and that's going to help uh, minimize the uh, possibility of him having that sophomore slump because he does get in there. He challenges. He doesn't just try to nip and, and tuck and then walk people uh, unnecessarily. So I, I think that uh, we're looking at a, a great uh, 2018. I love that you mentioned in your best case that he's going to be pitching uh, game one of the postseason. <laughs> I hope that works out. <laughs> uh, it wasn't part of my my notes, but uh uh, you know, I really hope you're right as far as that uh, best case scenario. <laughs> Mark it down. We're shocking the world. We may not be making the uh, sexiest moves like uh, Milwaukee is with signing Lorenzo Kane and and uh, and trading for other players um, and, and being out there. But at the same time, like I, I think, honestly, I I think this is the year we really surprise. I think I think. We're going to be like the Cubs during their rebuild where they made the playoffs kind of a year ahead of schedule. And I think we have that capability. I think it helps that the Pirates are regressing. Um, I know that the the Cardinals have made some moves. Um, Looking at their team, I I still think they're in a window where they're very beatable. Um, And and even all the moves the Brewers have made, I I don't see them – particularly getting a whole lot better because their pitching staff has so many question marks. Um, The Cubs are still dominant. I'm not going to lie there. I can only hope that uh, several of the players somehow fall off and give us a shot. But I I think the wild card is a real possibility this year. And I think part of the reason for that is Luis Castillo. Anyway, thanks to everybody out there for listening today. We really appreciate it. If you like what you hear, please, 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 Rate us on iTunes, share with your friends, share on Twitter, share anywhere you can find because um, we, we love talking about this stuff and and hopefully, hopefully uh, you do too. And uh, stay tuned for more of the Bleeding Since He Read podcast, best case, worst case scenario edition, spring training edition, where we focus on different players on the Reds roster for 2018. And as always, a special thanks to our all-time favorite Red, Barry Larkin, for listening. I'm sure he's tuned in somewhere. Go Reds!